Okay, so we're going to start. Cool. Um, all right. Well, welcome to Hello, Dolly. Hi, Dolly. Madison, first of all, I want you to say your name so that when we see it on paper, everyone knows how to pronounce it correctly. Okay, it's Madison Utendall. Okay. So it's actually pronounced the way that it's spelled. Everyone okay. Everyone tries to make it all fancy, and they're like, Utendall. Like, no, no, no. No, it's Straightforward, Utendall. I mean, it's, okay. it's a Dutch last name, so there is like a Dutch way to pronounce it, but the American English way to say it is Udendahl. Okay, Madison Udendahl. And tell us, where are we right now? We are in my lovely office uh-huh. at CM of Ice Cream's headquarters in New York. I love it. And I'm just, I want to tell everybody what this place looks like. Okay, so you walk in, classic New York City, no elevator, walk up the <laughs> steps, and then there's a millennial pink door which I love. And then you walk in and then it's like, everything is millennial pink. There's millennial pink chairs, table. There's an entire millennial pink room. There's even employees wearing millennial pink. It's the color of the brand. Exactly. Okay. So and very on brand. Right? Yeah. Double, and the generation. Double win. But you can't change the color when like, you know, there's that new color, yeah. Gen Z yellow. I know we've thought about it, but the thing is that we really feel that pink is so in line with ice cream. It is. So it's never going to go off brand. Okay, so it's forever millennial pink. Forever yes. pink. Um, okay, I love it. And I want to know, like, everything. What is the Museum of Ice Cream? Museum of Ice Cream has many different identities to the public. But to us, and how we push out Museum of Ice Cream, is that we are an experiential brand dedicated okay. to the theme of ice cream. Okay, so for somebody who might not know what an experiential brand is, sure. how would you explain that? How would I explain Museum of Ice Cream to somebody who doesn't know what an experiential brand is? I would say that we are a brand that creates experiences and product inspired by the magic and community around ice cream. Okay. Okay. It's a powerful food and category in total, in in overall. So that's... Yeah, and it has so many emotional sensibilities that we all really relate to. Mm -hmm. So that's where the energy from the brand comes from. Okay, I see. And now what do you do for Museum of Ice Cream? I'm head of content and social. So anything externally facing you see from Museum of Ice Cream. So our social accounts, our newsletters, Mm -hmm. our photo shoots, that comes from my brain. Content machine, Madison Utendahl. There you go. Okay. All right. So how did you get involved with this? Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? What made you get into this? I am a born and raised New Yorker. Mm -hmm. Represent. Yes. All the way. So obnoxiously proud to be born and raised New Yorker. You have to be. And my dad is too. We're just a New York legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to Brown University. Okay. um, And the reason and way I got involved in Museum of Ice Cream is uh, it was started by my very, very good friend, Mary Alice Bunn, who is the executive creative director and founder. And what? She was like, hey, Madison, I've got this idea. Yeah, she honestly, that's how it happened. Um, She she presented this concept. And at Mm -hmm. the time, I was like, this is super wild and and nothing I had ever really gotten involved with but mm-hmm. she presented me with an opportunity to have complete creative control mm-hmm. and to sort of start our social accounts and let my brain run wild as to what it would look like mm-hmm. um, and that's really how it began it began as a side hustle I was mm-hmm. full-time at refinery 29 right so you had another job oh, to yeah. start with oh, yeah. okay um, we all had other jobs right. everyone was working two jobs uh-huh. just trying to make this dream happen mm-hmm. so this is really a product of the hustle right well that's how it all happens yeah. and like there is no game without the hustle yeah. so you got to do it okay so then you quit that job and then you came on to this full-time and now how many people work here 
In our headquartered office, so here in New York, we have probably about 15 people. I would say in all new Museum of Ice Creams across the country, probably close to 220 points. Oh my God, that's a lot. Yeah. That's huge, right. Okay. And they, everyone, it's like the entire thing is run by, I would young people yes right okay we're all under the age of 30 for the most part that's amazing it's insane that's amazing yeah it's really crazy how does somebody even get involved with working with you guys like do you like what if somebody wanted to come work for you You what what are you looking for like what do people come from that kind of thing we honestly come from very unconventional backgrounds which Uh i think makes this place so exceptional is that Mm -hmm. none of us have a traditional sort of uh, you couldn't have looked at anyone's resume and say this is definitely the trajectory they would have taken right. in their careers. We all have like a common thread that connects us to our position now. So for me, having been at Refinery and at HBO, mm-hmm. um, I come from a background of storytelling mm-hmm. and learning how to put together stories that are unique mm-hmm. and accessible and inclusive. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the the language that I've brought to the museum. But I come from a very different background. Right. From, you know, creating social posts around ice cream, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's insane that that's like a job Yeah, now. but it's so funny because so many of my friends are like, I can definitely tell you're writing this because uh-huh. there's no way any sort of ice cream account would be using the language woke <laughs> and gender non-conforming. <laughs> Only in 2018 do, do. with you. I love that. Well, I think that's... Like, one thing I always think about, too, with even, like, my job, because I'm in digital and social media, I'm like, this job did not exist five to ten years ago, and, like, all these new jobs are kind of emerging, and I'm sure that with you, even when you're, like, interviewing potential candidates, you're probably like, oh, this person will be really good for this job that we don't even have yet, but let's invent it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's a blessing and a curse, right, Mm -hmm. because there is a sense of naivete that we all have in being so young. but I think with that level of naivete comes an incredible sense of excitement. And right. that you cannot, that, that, that's really a product of age and just not really knowing how this works. Yeah. And it's a great feeling. It's a terrifying feeling at the mm-hmm. same time. But what it also allows is that, yes, we've met people and we've had friends and colleagues from former jobs that we don't quite know exactly where they fit, but we know that there's a place for them. Right. So it's been, it's taken time and energy and we find a place that works and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And those, like that energy that you're talking about, like how can you tell if somebody has it? Because I mean, that's got to be a big part of it because yeah. this is like a teeny little engine that for you sure, have to for push sure. forward. Honestly, if you are an autonomous person, mm-hmm. can you take a project from start to finish without having somebody mm-hmm. hold your hand? Mm-hmm. Um, are you willing to take creative risks? Mm-hmm. Um, and do you see the message behind the exterior? Mm-hmm. Right? So, the person who chooses to look at Museum of Ice Cream and say, made for Instagram, is not the person who works here. Made for Instagram? Yeah. Like, oh, 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 like the Museum of Ice Cream only exists because of, of Instagram. Instagram, right? So the okay. people who work here are the people who recognize and realize that actually what we're really doing is we're bringing people together. Aha, uh-huh, okay. We're creating a sense of community. Uh-huh. We're creating, creating a safe and inclusive space in a world that feels really terrifying right mm-hmm. now. Um, and... You have to be able to see that and believe in that mission to thrive yeah. in this company. And, okay. You know, a, the blessing is that everyone here feels that way. Yeah, so that's good. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, do you feel like because it's so pink and like mm-hmm. you don't, you're not, you're not like we are just targeting girls, right? Like your thing is, I'm assuming it's like we, you want an audience of everyone. Yeah. And it was so interesting is that, you know, we do have a very, you know, gender diverse audience. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I, you know, I think we're, we, we are challenging the sort of patriarchy in the sense mm-hmm. that pink is formally for females, mm-hmm. but now, or people identify as female, I should mm-hmm. say, but now, you know, pink is for anybody and everybody. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. kind of like, mm, to anyone who says pink is like only for women. Right. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a fun color millennial too. Brand. Millennial brand. Right, right. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So then if, okay, right. So like if it's a millennial brand, what's the future of it? Well, is it like, it's got to stay relevant for the long term and yeah, like where does no, it going to evolve, sure. et cetera? We'll never stop being millennials. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, yes. so this brand will evolve with us and our interests and our age. But I think the message and the sort of the energy and the foundation of who we are will always be the same. Mm-hmm. If we choose to, which we will always mm-hmm. sort of stick to our values and mission statement of uniting the world through imagination and creativity, mm-hmm. then it's going to be an ageless brand mm-hmm. and it will just continue to transcend sort of what even a millennial means. Okay. I buy yeah, it. I'm being a bit esoteric about no, it. No, but, but I buy it. I, feel. <laughs> I totally buy it. All right. So somebody who's never been to the Museum of Ice Cream, first yeah. of all, like, how do they find out where it is? And then... Our website. Oh, your website, which is? Museumoficecream.com. Okay. Love the plug. And then what's the process once you get there? You have your ticket. You're ready to go. Oh, once you get to the museum? Yes. It's honestly different per location. Okay. Um, what's your most popular location? San Francisco, for okay. sure. Um, but we travel. You know, right. we, we just were in Miami. We're right. about to open a new experience in New York mm-hmm. um, called the Pint Shop, another mm-hmm. plug. And then we have our San Francisco location, which is right. incredibly popular. So. Okay, so what's going on at the San Francisco location? Like, you walk in, you've got a ticket. You don't want to give it away. I don't tell. Okay, don't fine. Tell. You got to go see it. You got to go see it. Okay. All right. I have heard about the pool of sprinkles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's our like, signature. Exactly. Yeah, that so, will never disappear. Okay, so that's what everyone sees, and, like, that's why you want to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, fair. I know you have like a billion different product Mm -hmm. projects that you're always working on. Do you want to talk about any of them? Is there anything that stands out that like anything even like cool or like that you've learned something crazy from? You know, I definitely, I would say the museum is a hundred percent my like main Mm -hmm. baby. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always, you know, I'm a writer first. Okay. So I will never stop writing, whether it's in my diary, to be Mm -hmm. honest, or for the friends who are so generous enough to publish my work or Mm -hmm. Binary29, who's always been generous and kind Mm -hmm. to me since I joined their team. Gosh, which feels like years ago. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, is there a project that's exciting me? Of course. I think I, you know, I am a very obsessive type A person mm-hmm. when it comes to that I put a hundred percent of myself into things that I do. Mm-hmm. I don't do anything half-assed. I wish mm-hmm. I knew how because I actually probably get a lot more sleep. Yeah. Um, so I would say, I mean, it sounds corny and cliche, but I'm pretty excited about everything I'm working on. Good. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. It's and just not worth it. I know. I fully agree People with that. People are like, I hate my job. It sucks. Go do something so you like, love. I hate volunteering for this place. Right. Like, that's terrible. <laughs> like, find something you're passionate about. Find and do an organization it. that you want to volunteer right. for. Because it's not meaningful work. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And... You know, I feel like I hear that too a lot, like with my friends or people who you just, you get comfortable, you yeah. know, some people just get comfortable or even some people don't even know what they want to be doing. Mm-hmm. I think everybody who is like following their passion project or following like something that they really love has like, uh, you know, something that motivates them and pushes them and, or like, you know, is always in their head to make them continue doing what it is. And like, what is that driver for you? What's that driver for me? Um, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay yeah. determined? I am the prize, etc. Um, I always, honestly, I attribute 
it to my upbringing. Yeah. I feel incredibly privileged for the mm-hmm. life I have mm-hmm. um, currently and the life that I was provided as mm-hmm. kids. And it's a product of two parents who have worked their ass off. Um, and they have really, really shown me the importance of mm-hmm. having something you believe in mm-hmm. and going to work with integrity and mm-hmm. believing in what you do mm-hmm. and loving what you do. Um, so I would say a lot of my driving energy and motivation is to do something with the privilege that I've been given in my life. You know, not everyone has the opportunity to go to Brown. Not everyone has the opportunity to live in New York. Not everyone is able-bodied and right. can walk right. around. And right. these are things that, you know, I just take very seriously. Probably mm-hmm. too seriously at times. I really should learn how to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say that's my biggest motivator. Um, and also, I just feel like life is so long. Yeah. I don't really think it's short. It feels so long. I know. And I want to get to the end of my life, hopefully, God willing, yeah. in my 90s. Yeah. Damn it, I did it. Yes, yes, right? Like, what a waste if you don't. Yeah, I'm like, I want to be able to say I tried this and I tried that and I went there and I did this. And if it didn't work out, you know what? It wasn't supposed to work out. But if I can get to the end of my long-ass life that I hope to live and say, well, that was pretty good. Totally. That's the goal. Okay. That's the goal. All right, so remember, guys, life is not short. It is long. (laughs) Make it worth it. I know, like, I know, I know. You still have like a <laughs> so solid long. sixty years. No, not married. There's like so many it's, milestones. I, I know. Yet, you know, but that's so <laughs> not. It's kind. Of, that's funny you say that because now, like you know, approaching mid to late twenties. I'm like, oh, I feel so old. But then I'm like, wait, when I'm in my 50s, I'm going to be like, when I was 26, blah, blah, blah. Right? I just got back yesterday from my my college five-year reunion. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Fun. I know. But also weird. It was super weird. Yeah. But also felt really weird is I still felt like I could walk back to my college apartment. Uh, I hadn't felt like I'd left, uh which was the biggest indicator that I wasn't that old. Yes. Because I kept seeing people who were there for their 25th reunion and their 30th oh reunion. Oh my God. Like, where did I live? And right. Like, I know exactly where I live. Right. Which means my memory's intact. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm still young. Right. Right. <laughs> That's how I look at it. That makes sense. I want to, you know, ask everyone that I'm interviewing kind of like a solid list of questions. Yeah. To me, it almost feels like a time capsule. Please. I because, yeah, then you can look back at this when you're 85. You can listen to this and be like, this is what I thought. What do how, what kind of media do you consume? What do you read? What do you watch? What do you listen to? I'm a die-hard fanatic mm-hmm. and lover of the Daily New York Times. So podcast. good, Michael Bavaro. If you listen so to this, I'm good. obsessed with you. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Shout out. Yes. I was at an event recently, and he he was on stage presenting, and I freaked out. Like there are all these other big celebrities there, and I was like, Michael Barbaro. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Um, I get a lot of my news from the Daily. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, NPR is a morning podcast that I listen to as well. I'm a big news person. Okay. Um, but I get, I would say at this point, I probably get 80% of my news from podcast listening. Cool. Yeah. Vox is a really good daily podcast as well. Okay. I don't know Vox's, so yeah, I'm going to have really to add funny. that to my they list. Do really good ads in it, which is really interesting because usually ads are the thing wow. you look forward to, but they're really good ones. 
Wow. Really wow, 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 wow. No, okay, it's, because it's when sick. I listen to a podcast you and I hear... press the 15-second fast-forward thing. Well, so, there are times when I've been like, wait, that was like a good ad, and yeah. wait, I'm going to go back. Yeah, Vox, their daily podcast okay. is weirdly good. Okay, weirdly great, good to know. ads that make me laugh. Because okay. they're making fun of the absurdity and the fact that they're talking yeah, about yeah. You know, a potential nuclear disaster with North Korea in the middle <laughs> having to be like, mattress firm. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they're fully aware of that absurdity and it's so funny okay also i have just have to tell you this story one time my friend was telling me she's like okay i'm i tried these new bras i love them i'm like did you hear about it on a podcast because the way she was talking about it sounded like it was a podcast ad she's like yeah and it's like there are certain things that are just podcasts like advertisers like mattresses there's definitely like a type of product that is made for podcast ads. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay, 100%. so Max, yeah, Casper, yeah. everything. Casper, quick. Right. Yeah, quick, quick. Quip. What? I know. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, so besides podcasts, Quip, what yes. else are you consuming? Um, what else am I consuming? Um, I'm a big reader, and I kind of go into these mm-hmm. um, weird rabbit holes of uh, being becoming almost obsessive which mm-hmm. I've mentioned many times. Right. I'm obsessed with things <laughs> um, with certain people. Okay. Um, and the trajectories of their lives. So I went on one recently with like Patty mm-hmm. Hearst, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who she was, and she was such a big public figure, obviously, with her kidnapping in the 70s that mm-hmm. went over my head, mm-hmm. clearly, since I'm a 90s baby. Yeah. Um, I read a book recently on Howard Hughes that I was obsessed with that I just thought was really fascinating to learn how he grew his wealth. Yeah. So you're a nonfiction kind of gal. A hundred percent. You will never catch me reading a romance novel. Uh, yeah. Never. I feel you on that. I tried to read Fifty Shades of Grey. And I, no. Yeah, I think I got to page 20 and I was like, that's enough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I tried that book too and I like laughed my way through oh, it. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you finished. I don't know if I finished. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm into nonfic too. Yeah. Oh, I'm a doc consumer as well. So you watch a lot of documentaries. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, what have you... What's the most recent one? Wild Old Country, nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Raj Nish. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I, it was funny. I was At my five-year reunion, one guy... Uh, two of my guy friends were bickering, but in a funny way. Yeah. And one of them referred to the other one as um, Osho. Who was it? That was the Raj name Nish, of the guy? The guy, Buck Wannans of becoming Osho. Okay. Which his name. Okay, so that... And it, it was just fascinating to see how much a documentary has infiltrated into pop culture where you have two 25-year-old guys <laughs> bickering and reference the other one as this Indian guy, this yeah. guru who started right. this crazy cult in Oregon. Yeah. And we all learned about it from this one Netflix documentary. I know. They did a good job. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just, it was just a really... For me, it was a really eye-opening moment to see how documentary can be that impactful. Totally. really infiltrate into culture in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Again, connected to podcasts, connected to audio. It makes sense. Now I get it. Put me into a box. Right. Yeah. I see yeah. it. I see yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. And, okay, so you're native New Yorker. Yes. You live here now. Mm-hmm. Where do you go out? What do you do? Are you, like, a club oh, girl? Geez, Are you, out? like, a oh, my bar? Gosh. I don't yeah. go out. Yeah. Magically. Guys, when you, when you are <laughs> part of the, the startup company, you don't go out. Uh, you don't go out. Okay, but like restaurants. Oh, I'm a big foodie for sure. Okay. Love so, to eat out. Everything from the Odeon is a classic. Okay. Just Madison staple. Okay. I've been going there my entire life. Um, to relatively new restaurants that I've, 
you know, I, I'm trying to think, what's the most recent one that I went to that I was really impressed by? Oh, Bombay Bread Bar. Oh, it's so good. So and it's, good. it's so good. It's and so good. the ambiance is good, yeah, too. it was just great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, agreed. Um, I used to live on Thompson and Broome mm-hmm. as a teenager, my mom. And so it's fascinating to go back to those neighborhoods that I grew up in and see how much those restaurants have changed. And yeah. Which stick around, which ones don't. That was a restaurant called Mezzo Giorno for years. 10, 15 years. It I don't know. It was so good. And I was really bitter when it closed, but I'm actually... Now you have a new pace. All of, I'm going to extend Olive Branch to Bombay. To Bombay. Bar, <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> Mezzo Giorno closed. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> well, okay, so since you don't go out... Out, out, out. I anymore. do long, boozy dinners with mm, friends. That's the best. That's the best. So fun. Yeah, yeah. Do you have one of those like best night ever nights in New York that you'll always remember? I or think it's not hard always remember? Someone who yeah. grew up here. Uh huh. Um, I the city never fails to surprise me and be really enchanting. So I find that I have those nights pretty frequently, mm-hmm. which is great. So lucky. You know? Yes. Just, there's something so special. Of course, me. of course. Yeah. That's really nice. And okay, now you're in your 20s. 26. 26. Yeah, exactly. What do you think? Think back to college, Madison. What has changed about you? Oh my God. I know. You know, college was an incredibly dark period for me. And it was, it's funny you bring this up because I literally just got back from my five year college reunion. Right. Which was an insanely emotional experience for me that I had not anticipated. What? Okay. It just was so unhappy. Be, oh you know? really? Did and you know nothing, it at the time? I did, and I okay. had nothing to do with Brown. I think Brown's a fantastic place. I actually attribute everything to mm-hmm. being a creative person mm-hmm. in my life to mm-hmm. going to Brown. I wouldn't have had that experience anywhere right. else. I think if you put a 19-year-old Madison at any college in any place in the entire world, mm-hmm. I would have gone through that period. It just was—I was just so lost. I yeah. didn't know who I was. I was drinking way too mm-hmm. much. I just was a dark person. So to be five years out of school and to be genuinely happy and optimistic and to wake up in the morning yeah. and feel like I have my whole life ahead of me was not how I felt five years ago or eight years ago, nine right. years ago when I started school. So yeah, that's, it's funny. Everything happens. I might mean, I think everything happens for a reason. So you ask totally. me this question literally at the most perfect time. Oh. I can't stop thinking about that. Yeah. You know, it's just been something I've been thinking about incessantly for the past couple of days. I'm happy you had that like kumbaya <laughs> moment. <laughs> it was weird closure. Yeah. I wasn't anticipating. But you wouldn't know it. You had to go to your, to your college reunion to like have that moment of yeah. like clarity and yeah. you know, yeah, so that's sure. really nice. Yeah. I realized at such a young age, at 20 years old or 21 mm-hmm. years old, I made the decision yeah. to live my life for myself. And I think when I got to college, I had sort of written out this timeline and structure of how my life would be. Mm-hmm. And then I realized as I navigated through college that it was not going to end up that way. And now I'm sort of like, well, you can't really write prescriptions as to what's going to be your life no. tomorrow, but you can be optimistic and positive. And with that, things have just begun to work out for me. Mm-hmm. So coming back from college has just sort of been this, yeah. I bawled. I walked past my freshman yeah. door and I was like, oh my God, That's so nice, right? Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. It was a, it's just funny how those experiences just can hit you out of nowhere. Totally. And you weren't expecting it. Yeah. 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 
Cool. That's really, I'm happy that happened because I feel like, yeah, you can get stuck. Even like how we're talking about like the comfortability thing. Like you just get comfortable. This is your new life. But then you forget about how far you've actually come. And it's important to remember like five years ago, I couldn't even expect that my life was here. And whether it's good or bad, you know, you never know what happens. That's why I feel like life is so long. Because while five years going back to Brown made me really feel like, okay, I'm still young because I remember all those things. But right. at the same time, it was a weird. It's like I kept going back and forth between being like, this was so long ago and this was just yesterday. Yeah. For very different reasons. Yeah. But it was fascinating. Well, I'm really happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> you're Thank welcome. You. And okay, so you're so busy. How do you relax? How do you chill out? I have a dog. Um, okay. Her name is Lou. Lou. She's the love of my life. I'm obsessed with her. Uh huh. Um, what she, kind of dog? She's a Lhasa Apso. Which is a larger version of a Shih Tzu, is okay. the best way to describe it. But she really looks like an Ewok, um, which is from Star Wars. The, oh, yeah, oh, that, like, oh, 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 little character. Yes, she's yes. She's got the gnarliest snaggletooth ever and looks like she's like an 85-year-old grandpa when she's a five-year-old, like very young dog. Like Benjamin Button. Exactly. She's <laughs> just a funny-looking little thing. Cute. Um, I love her. But yeah, I take her on long walks. Um, I find that nice. I am really creative and productive when I walk. Yeah. Um, do that. I'm also a run. I'm a big runner. So okay. running is relaxing for me. Again, that's very type A, but it is, it helps. Okay. That's something I will never understand, <laughs> <laughs> but I listen, I walk all the time in central park and me and my friend, we go on locks and we're like, how we see people talking while yeah. they're running. And I'm like, how are that you I doing that? I don't run with anybody, yeah, It's impossible. Um, but I find that it's, you know, when I run, I can't look at my phone at all. Okay, that's and nice. I'm you shut in off. the music. Yes. You know, and it's really the battle of mm. just staying present with myself in that run to complete the run. And mm-hmm. there's something that's actually very cathartic about that for me. I, I get it. Yeah. But like my poor knees, I won't be doing it, <laughs> but I get it. <laughs> so I, I mean, commend you. I'm not you. running like 20 miles. I okay. I'm running five miles. Okay. That's miles. amazing. But <laughs> <laughs> like, great. Okay. So you're a runner. Okay. Yeah. You're the dog, the running. I feel like that's. And I write. I and you write. That that's right. Yeah. I'm a big diary person. Good. I always joke that like, my gosh, you could learn about every detail of all my past relationships. I read my diaries. Oh, you're so lucky because you're going to look back. Oh my gosh. I look back at them now and I'm like, wow. But you're going to want that when you're like older. Oh, I I love it now. Okay. I love looking at even last month. Right, right, right. So refreshing about it. That's Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you just look back and like, oh gosh, Madison, you could have. It is what it is. But that's good because, again, like, then you, like, can put things into perspective and, yeah. like, really see your transformation. So Perfect. that's really good. Do you have any advice for anyone, like, kind of in our age bracket, young, below, in their 30s and 20s, living in New York or in a city or even maybe not, maybe just anyone, a millennial that isn't sure how they should, how to get involved with something that they love or, like, how to find that passion because... Yeah. I think there are a lot of people who don't know how to figure out what they're passionate about. Yeah, you know, I think you got to find, and granted, I have to preface this by saying I'm speaking to people who are, who lean to be more creative, uh-huh. who think yeah. they yeah. are creative or would like to be creative. Right. Um, I think you have to find what craft or art form inspires you the most and sign up for a class. Mm-hmm. And whether you don't say a word the entire time or don't even complete the project, allow yourself to sort of dive into something creative 
that has no consequences. So not work-related, just personal, just for enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And in New York, there are a lot of free classes that you can take. So saying you can't afford it is not an excuse. I love that. Stop making the time. Right. That's one suggestion I have. I say that because I'm somebody who... Even though I'm not an actor, I take a lot of theater classes. Mm-hmm. I always have. I have throughout my entire life. It's a great outlet for me. Interesting. To embody another character mm-hmm. um, and to portray somebody that's entirely not who I am. Again, you will not see me on the Academy Award winning stage. No. No. But we did see you on the Webbies. You stage. did see me on the Webbies. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I take that back. Maybe I will win the Academy Award one day. Actually, I'm going to change that and put it into the universe. I will. Exactly. I was like, channel it. I Visualize will. it. It's going to happen. I will win an Academy Award. Dolly Yeah, you heard it here first. first. Okay, I'm waiting for it. But not everybody wants to win the Academy Award. So to right. answer the question, okay. find <laughs> okay. your passion okay. or find something you think you're creative or you're interested in pursuing creatively, whether it's personal or professional, mm-hmm. and just sign up for a class and let yourself feel. That's the advice I would give. And if that doesn't feel accessible, you can do it at home. There are online classes you can take. Or just watch a lot of movies about the Uh creative craft that you're interested in exploring, and that might push you to go out and do it. I don't know if anyone's going to do these things, but if they do... (laughs) No, somebody, like, might. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just honestly, removing any action. Just let yourself feel. I know. We don't feel anymore. We don't. I know. Put down the phone, delete the Instagram. I know. And just feel for a day. Yeah. And then you'll probably find some clarity. And I mean, really feel like let out that cry in the Dwayne Reed aisle. You know what I mean? Oh my God. <laughs> I saw, I swear, I saw like a BuzzFeed list once of like 20 best places to cry oh, in New York City. Or if you haven't done it, then you're not feeling. Yeah. Because no, who hasn't? Who hasn't had a good pharmacy cry? Oh, come on. Completely unrelated totally. to the eye drops that no. you're about to buy. You know what I mean? Oh my God, of course. Okay, and then my last question for you is, is there anything else that you want to accomplish in your young adult life while being in New York City? Besides the Academy Award. Yeah, I would say winning the Academy Award. Okay. Um, no, I, you know, I think my accomplishments or what I would like to accomplish is more of a dedication to myself. I would like to be more spontaneous and less rigid when it comes to navigating my life. Mm-hmm. That's a major goal of mine. But I would say like probably, I don't ever see myself living, leaving New York yeah. permanently. So an accomplishment would be to live until I'm 90 something years old with the same fire and pursuit of following my creative goals as much as possible. That's a big accomplishment. But I think it can look all different, all different kinds of ways. Okay, I see it. That's also a very New Yorker thing. Yeah, I know. Different kinds of ways. I don't know if anyone says that, but New Yorkers say that. I see (laughs) it. I trust you're you're going all the way through. Like I know it. We'll see. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I would say those are that's the biggest accomplishment, or not to be to be accomplishment to be accomplished. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who came up to me. Uh, he was speaking way too fast and wasn't speaking. <laughs> he was like, how was the Webby's? How, did you enjoy the best night of your life? I was like, what? I was like, no, yeah. no. I was like, what are you talking about? The best night of my life? That sounds so morbid. I hope to do so much more. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I, I didn't mean to say it that way. I meant to just say, did you enjoy the Webby's? Was it the best, the best night of your life? It's like, I forgot the was. But what I keep thinking about and I look back on it, I'm someone who takes, I think, through a lot of things. I'm a big thinker. If mm-hmm. you can tell, I will sit on things for a very long time. My, how adamant I was about not accepting that mm-hmm. means that even 
to my most subconscious self, mm-hmm. I have massive goals that I don't even think I'm fully aware of. Yeah. Which is something I've been thinking about a lot. Yeah. If I was like, no, that's not the best night of my life. And if that was the best night of my life, I mean, God forbid, but like that would be an that's amazing. amazing night. Exactly. No, it's night. right. Like it's like you're almost spoiled by yeah. how by this by how much you've accomplished. Yeah. But that's such a, you're so that's so good. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's not so much being spoiled about it, but it's more so just I Life is long. I know. And I, and I, and right. I want right. to pursue so many more things. Right. Like it's not even close to being It's not done. even close because right. I hope that when I'm 60 years old, I get a, the Academy, Academy Award. Award. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And then after exactly. you get that Academy Award, you're going to be like, I want that Nobel Peace yes, Prize. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Like, Someone won the Nobel Peace Prize that uh-huh. hasn't done anything to deserve it. But guess what? She did it. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Well, here's to the next. I know. Yeah. Honestly, like maybe even you'll live for like a hundred more years because who knows where medicine is headed. So I bet I, I hope. It's I'd only long. want to live that long though. Like the people I love live that. I long. agree. Otherwise, that sounds miserable. I know. Okay, this is getting so dark. <laughs> okay. So all right. <laughs> so where can we learn more about the Museum of Ice Cream? What handle should we follow? It's you, um, yeah. at Museum of Ice Cream. Okay. On Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then you can sign up for our newsletter on our website, which is museumoficecream.com. And then you can follow all of us personally, to be honest. Yeah, who are you? At Madison Utendahl, Mary Ellis Bunn, Manish Fora. We all have our personal names of course. as the handles, but we give a lot away on our personal channel. So it's I a good it. way to find out about the museum. Great. Actually, I'm just going to say, like, what are the kids, what are, like, our grandkids going to do? Like, there's going to be no handles left. Oh, I know. <laughs> right? Wow. Right? You know what? Our grandkids aren't going to even know it. That's true. It'll be something It's going to be like what happened with Facebook. R.I.P. For our parents. <laughs> I know. It is. I know. I it's think I post on Facebook once a quarter. I know. No, I know. All right. Well, my mom's there every day. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So is my dad. All right. Well, at Museum of Ice Cream, at Madison Utendahl. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Madison. All right. Bye. Y'all. Bye.